0: James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snirdley, on 77 WABC, the crown jewel of American radio.
1: Welcome to your Saturday morning radio extravaganza, ladies and gentlemen. If you'd like to be part of our program today, and we have a jam-packed program ahead of us, 800-848-WABC is the number to call, 800-848-9222. I wish... Is there any way that we could play the last part of that newscast again with Governor Hochul? Because, you know, I just, I, yeah, I heard that and I'm like, what? We gave people the right yeah, all right, so anyway, 800-848-WABC is the number to call. We have a lot of things to discuss today. You know, Alex Jones, I have not talked about Alex Jones much, and I hope I'm not going to make it personal today. Alex Jones was uh, ordered to pay $45.2 million, $45.2 million in punitive damage to Sandy Hook parents on top, on top of the $4.1 million in compensatory damages. This is in the defamation case brought in 2018 over his repeated false claims that the deadliest elementary school shooting in American history was a hoax. Mr. Jones was not in court as the jury read the unanimous verdict. Friday marked the first time that Alex Jones who is called by the Daily Mail an influential purveyor of far right-wing conspiracy theories it's the first time he has faced financial repercussions He said that the uh, that no one died at Sandy Hook the attack was a rouge a ruse staged by gun control advocates to manufacture anti-gun sentiment. Some of the parents, of course, offended, brought suit. And um the jury found. Now, of course, Jones was broadcasting again last night, and he <laughs> What do you think he did? <laughs> he came with even more conspiracy theories. <laughs> In on uh, his show last night he said the trial against him was a coordinate was coordinated and run by billionaire philanthropist George Soros and operatives. He didn't identify who the operatives were. He accused the judge in the case, Maya Guerrero Gamble, of being a blue-haired SJW, insinuated she was corrupt by saying she altered the record of the trial. SJW is uh the acronym for Social Justice Warrior. He also says his net worth is below five million dollars, so good luck, I guess, trying to get the forty five million dollars and the four point one million. All in all, almost fifty million, forty nine million dollars. Now thanks. Now Texas has laws about how much can be awarded, so we'll see whether it goes. Diego has the Hochul bit that was in the news, top of the hour news. Go ahead and play it, Diego.
2: New York Governor Kathy Hochul was asked if she supports the concept of giving judges the ability to consider dangerousness when setting bail. Governor Hochul said officials need to review the laws that came into effect on May 9th. What we gave judges
3: was the ability to consider severity of the offense. Is this a repeat offense? Is it a Is there a a history involved here? So we
2: now have spelled out for judges factors to consider
3: in weighing whether or not this person should be out on the street or not. Hochul said she wants people to look at the body of what's been done. For 77 WABC News, I'm Jacqueline Carl.
1: Jacqueline, great job, Jacqueline Carl. Uh, She wants people to look at the body. I would just amend that statement. People should be looking at the bodies. The bodies that lie dead because of this jail reform, the bodies of people that have been maimed, injured by these repeat criminals that are continually let on the street by New York's bail reform. Typical politician, this Hochul, this unelected governor of New York, claiming, well, let's look at the body of the law. We gave judges what they need. If you gave judges what they need then why in the world are we in the state that we are in with these repeat offenders out on the street? There was a story in the news this week about the number one uh, repeat offender in New York. This guy is a guy that goes in and robs retail stores and all that stuff. Over 100 arrests. 100. 100 times arrested and still out on the street. And you see this every single week of the, every single week this year. You can find a case of somebody being arrested who has so many priors, you ask yourself, why are they out? Why are they roaming the streets? So, Governor, either you don't know what's in your law or the judges don't know what's in your law. Somebody here has the answer to it. Alvin Bragg declares that what he's doing is legal. It's within the law. When he releases these criminals back into society. So is it or isn't it? I don't believe Governor Hochul for one minute. This is an election year. Politicians say anything. Believe what you see happening in the city. Believe what the news is when you see for yourself these repeat of criminal, criminals, it's all over the news. How many times they've been arrested before. Some of them don't even spend a full day in jail before they're released again. And this is all due to the bail reforms that this Democrat administration, Cuomo before her, and this city put into place, and it is inexcusable. And when you look at it in a total, the big picture, it's not just New York. It's everywhere Democrats run, every big city. So I don't know whether people are going to buy this nonsense that she's spouting now. They always point the finger somewhere else. They never take responsibility for the policies that they enact. These are Democrat policies that are literally killing people in New York. The same way their Democrat policies killed people in nursing homes, and they've gotten away with that. They still haven't told the truth about that. The same way that their Democrat principles, their Democrat policies, killed businesses during covid They still refuse to be held accountable for that. The same way that their mask, these these, these ridiculous mandates, these vaccine mandates, have killed free enterprise, have killed people's jobs. They They still remain unaccountable for that. Democrats do not want accountability for the things that they do. Instead, they always point the finger somewhere else. It's somebody else's fault. Somebody else did it. She wants to be judged by the body of it. Judge it by the bodies, the dead bodies, the injured bodies that these criminals are out here creating every single day of every single week. There is an opportunity. By the way, coming up today, Diana, and me, Princess Di. I want to talk with Princess Di, think more about this, um, this progressive deal that Biden administration, and they expect to pass it now, this massive spending bill. They call it the Inflation Reduction Act Act. The uh, the CBO can, the, has scored this thing, and apparently the CBO says there's not going to be any, any savings. This thing is not going to do a thing to reduce inflation. But Democrats always do that. Call something, have beautiful names for these packages that offer nothing but destruction. There's a real opportunity in the schools coming up across the country. I'll get to that shortly. I am loving, I am loving this so-called feud between Texas, and it's not just Texas, it's Arizona, and New York City. There's a story, this is a a, a, a publication, Route 50, Primarily for government workers. And one of the headlines in this one, it was a story that was published yesterday. Texas governor escalates feud with New York City mayor by shamelessly, shamelessly I say, shamelessly sending buses of migrants to city. (gasps) Shamelessly. The move follows New York City Mayor Eric Adams' refusal to accept Governor Greg Abbott's invitation to visit the Texas border towns where migrants are crossing into the United States. Get the way this begins. In an apparent act of spite against the New York City Mayor Eric Adams' right, it's spite. Texas Governor Greg Abbott on Friday announced the state will begin bussing people who recently crossed the border to New York City. The battle between the two leaders began last month. Adams blamed the Abbott administration along with the government of Arizona for flooding New York City's shelter system by sending asylum seekers from Latin America to the city. Both governors denied doing so. Abbott previously announced Texas was sending people to Washington, D.C., not New York. Adams' comments also drew ire from homeless advocates who say the mayor was essentially blaming the migrant influx for chaos and overcrowding in the city's shelter system, and that's been going on intensifying for months and months. Well, now... Adam says, okay, you blame me, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Here, take these. And he's been sending busloads. The first one arrived at Port Authority of illegal immigrants. And boy, oh boy, are the liberals fit to be tied. NPR had a piece on it. NPR is just, they're beside themselves. These people are single immigrants to New York and they don't have a plan. They don't have a plan. I got to find that NPR story. It is so funny. It's like, what do you people think? Do you not understand the irony in all of this? That we have been dealing with this, that Texas, Arizona, California have been dealing with this for years. Here's that NPR story. GOP governors sent buses of migrants to D.C. with no plan for what came next. Well, what the hell do you think is happening in Texas every single day? The Democrat Party and Joe Biden have allowed hundreds of thousands of immigrants to pour into the United States with very little planning of what comes next. Now, they do have some plans because, in some cases, they ship them all over in the dead of night on airplanes with coordinated bus rides. But that's all hidden from public view, you see. Anyway, the Department of, of the Defense told D.C. Mayor, excuse me, Muriel Bowser, no, we're not going to step in here. Instead, what the DOD said is go to FEMA, get a grant. Get some money from FEMA for this. Leave us alone. And no, we're not going to put the National Guard out. What the DOD said, we have determined providing this support would negatively impact the readiness of the D.C. National Guard and have negative effects on the organization and members. We understand SAMU first response, I don't even know what SAMU is, first response have received grant funding through FEMA's emergency food and shelter program and has indicated sufficient EFSP funds exist, so this is all alphabet soup. The SAMU has first re- uh, their first response has money through FEMA's Emergency Food and Shelter Program, and they also have SP funds. So go to the alphabet soup and go get some money. It's what the Department of Defense <laughs> told Washington. DC's Mayor Muriel Bowser. Wow, we have to take a quick break. Coming back, so much more, right after this. Don't go away.
0: Talk Radio 77, WABC. and informative. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snirley, is on the air. 77, WABC.
1: WABC Talk Radio 77. George Benson brings us back. And, ladies and gentlemen, if you check out Bo Sternby's Rush Hour on Monday, we're going to have a conversation with this amazing musician and vocalist, George Benson. He's going to be performing in the New York area next week. We had an opportunity, we will have an opportunity if all goes right, if all goes well. to have a nice chat with Mr. Benson. Looking forward to it. The GOP, says Dana Milbank, Washington Post, is sick. It didn't start with Trump, and it won't end with him. Now, I Dana Milbank is a hack, in my view. He's a political hack. Intellectually dishonest, spin typical uh, kind of reporting or journalism or whatever opinion that you would find in the Amazon Prime Washington Post. Call to Washington, and he says that on January sixth, an armed mob, invited and incited by President Donald Trump, smashed barriers, overpowered police, and stormed the Capitol. The insurrectionists scaled a scaffolding, erected for President-elect Joe Biden's inauguration, and proceeded to sack the seat of government for the first time since the War of 1812. Well, first of all, the government was not sacked. Let's be real. There was a little bit of vandalism. There was some vandalism, and those, by the way, who did it should be punished called to Washington by Trump, who promised a wild time and sent to the Capitol with instructions to fight like hell. He did not send them over to fight. In fact, Donald Trump called for a peaceful gathering. And fight like hell is a political phrase. Democrats use it. Republicans use it. This is what I mean by intellectually dishonest. Anybody that follows politics knows when a politician or people that advocate for something, say, we're going to fight like hell, they don't mean physical violence. Totally intellectually dishonest. At least seven people died in the riot or its aftermath. Really? And more than 140 police officers were hurt. Some 845 insurrectionists, several with ties to white supremacist or violent extremist groups have faced charges, including seditious conspiracy. What is uh, Antifa, which never gets to, you know, I was, I, I, this is what I mean also by intellectual dishonesty. Does anyone remember the inauguration of Donald Trump when Antifa was out in the streets committing vandalism in Washington, D.C.? The left never seems to talk about that. Many Americans, he continues have been shocked and new to see elected Republicans, after initially condemning Trump's attack on democracy, excuse his actions and rationalize the violent insurrection itself as a legitimate as legitimate political discourse. But he says, a sober look at history might have lessened the shock, for the seeds of sedition had been planted earlier, a quarter century earlier. In that same spot, on the west front of the Capitol, on September 27, 1994, more than 300 Republican members of Congress and congressional candidates gathered where the insurrectionists would one day mount the scaffolding. On that sunny morning, they assembled for a nonviolent transfer of power. Bob Michael, the unfailingly genial leader of the House House, Republican minority for the previous 14 years had ushered Ronald Reagan's agenda through the house, but he was being forced into retirement as GOP leader. If he didn't quit my friends, a wistful Michael told the gathering, I I'll not be able to be with you when you enter that promised land of having that long sought after majority Newt Gingrich had almost nothing in common with the man he shoved aside. Michael was a portrait of civility and decency, a World War II combat veteran who knew that his political opponents were not his enemies, that politics was the art of compromise. Gingrich, by contrast, rose to prominence by forcing the resignation of a Democrat Speaker of the House and what began as mostly false allegations, mostly by smearing another Democrat speaker with personal innuendo and by routinely thwarting Michael's attempt to negotiate with Democrats. This is, what, this is typical of what Democrats want. First of all, this claim that, oh, everything was so civil and so decent before Newt. No. What happened before Newt is that Re- Republicans routinely got their behinds kicked. Democrats got their way on damn near everything, and that's what liberals love. And so, you see, when you have these rhino Republicans, and I'm not saying Bob Michael was a rhino, but when you have the current-day rhino Republicans, Democrats love them. I don't have anything against Bob Michael except that he was ineffective, okay? But he was Mr. Genial. He got along. He recognized that Democrats weren't his enemies. Yeah, well, maybe the Democrats weren't his enemies, but the Republicans have been the enemies of Democrats since whenever. This is, again, more intellectual dishonesty. The Democrats have done everything they can to poison the wealth for Republicans. They have been demagoguing and demonizing them for decades, decades. And usually Republicans, like Bob Michael, just sat back, oh, that's okay, that's just politics. Oh, you can call us whatever names you want. You can call us racist. You can call us bigots. You can call us anything. You can say we're starving the children. You can do all of that, and it's okay. Because, oh, you are not our political enemies. That's just politics. Well, Newt Gingrich fought back. And that's why Dana Milbank and his ilk couldn't stand him. Let me go further, because time's running out. I want to get to a paragraph in here. The whole thing goes this. He cites he, he, he cites, nude speech. The fact that America is in trouble. It's impossible to maintain American civilization with 12-year-olds having babies, 15-year-olds killing each other, 17-year-olds dying of AIDS, and 18-year-olds getting diplomas that they can't read. The pejoratives piled up. And Newt Gingrich is shouting, finger-wagging, harangue. Like, none of this is true. Like, he's just making it up. Later on in this article, and this is a very long piece, he blames the Bush administration making the case for war in Iraq. Sarah Palin saying that there are death panels in Obama's Affordable Health Care Act, which there were. And I love this one. Conservative radio giant Rush Limbaugh aired the song Barack the Magic Negro. Fox News' Glenn Beck claimed President Obama had a deep-seated hatred for white people. And Tea Party activists had chanted the N-word at black members of Congress outside the Capitol. No, they didn't. That was a lie put out by Democrats. And yet this guy repeats it as truth with no proof. And Barack the Magic Negro, what was that song about? It was about something that the L.A. Times put in one of their columnists. They are the ones that call Barack the Magic Negro. We at Russell Show, Russ just did a parody. Paul Shanklin did a parody on what liberals were calling Obama. But he will never put that in his article. This is why Dana Milbank is just, this guy is just plain dishonest. He he cannot afford to be honest intellectually because then he wouldn't be able to put this kind of ridiculous spin. The GOP is sick. It didn't start with Trump and it won't end with him. Well, the Democrats are liars. And it didn't start with the Amazon Prime Washington Post and it won't end with them either. Talk
0: Radio 77 WABC. Oh Knows Politics and so much more. A true connection to real New York on
1: 77 WABC. All the notes bring us back. Sarah. Smile on WABC Talk Radio 77. It is. Your Saturday morning radio extravaganza.
4: In the night all alone with me I
1: if you'd like to be part of the program all you have to do pick up your phone 800 848 w a b c 800 848
5: 9222
1: we're gonna to head to the phones pretty quickly. I'm gonna. We have so much more news to do, but I don't want to leave people holding for hours and hours on the phones. So, and me forever, let's start off in New Jersey with uh, Ralph. Christine, you're up next.
6: Ralph. So, yes, well, thank you, uh, thank you so much. Uh, I, I would like to for you to autograph the book. As, uh, you know, that's on the radio, and you don't have to explain to me what was the uh, black the magic uh, Negro. Uh, you know, so is it a soul? Uh, is it, a DC, it is a song. Or... It was a song. Okay. And
1: it, it was, was set song. to the music. Yeah. It was it was set to the music. Pop, puff, Pop The
6: magic dragon. Right. The magic dragon. Uh, and, you know, the way you, you if, uh, phrase it in in the book, uh, you know, last right on the radio, it was like, you know, uh, only book can do that kind of thing, in my opinion, because it was like rap music, okay? Uh, but so back to Nancy Pelosi, The Wicked Witch, okay? So he was, she was in the of China when she told us, under the cover of darkness in Taipei, Taiwan. Now, other than that being symbolism book, what exactly did that accomplish? What was the whole thing? It accomplished nothing. Nancy,
1: she, 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 took, she took attention away from the troubles that the United States is experiencing under Biden and Democrat Party leadership. That's what it was about. It was about a day where we could focus on something other than the soaring inflation— the soaring gas prices, even though the White House says, oh, they're going down a little bit and you should celebrate. Now, we had job numbers that were pretty good, but that could have been from a combination of forces and not necessarily representative of where the economy. Look, the American economy is in trouble. We still have baby food milk shortages out here. We still have shortages in many items in the supply chain. So what does she do? By the way, Taiwan, heavy into chips, computer chips she and her husband i'll tell you this stockville the deal that they did with nvidia it is it has all the appearances of insider trading so who knows what her real mission was over there whether there was also to gain some intelligence i, I shouldn't even speculate on that because i have no proof at all but i don't know i'm just suspicious of her but what did it benefit what did it do nothing except provoke china and by the way i supported the idea that once she said she was going and china kept threatening that she should have followed through because we can't give in to chinese threats but at the same time china has launched now live fire military drills that simulated An attack on Taiwan it was so intense that the Taiwanese had to put up their military as if they were getting ready to go to war and at the same time there's a story here I find amazing let me see the source of this story it's NPR of all places China's military drills around Taiwan show how it's closing the gap with the US well you know when this started under Obama-Biden. China became a blue-water navy under the Obama-Biden administration. Their military spending increased dramatically. And we did nothing. This was at the time when Obama and Biden were dismantling the United States military so they could put that money in more domestic spending. There was a time, don't forget this, folks. This is important. There was a time when, under Obama, our military did not have enough ammunition. We didn't even have ammunition. In case our forces had been called to war, we did not have the ammunition to wage war under Obama-Biden. And yet the Chinese were pouring money into their military. Again, they became a blue-water Navy under Obama and we did nothing. What is a blue water Navy? That's a Navy with battleships capable of patrolling all around the world. That's why they're up and down in the South China Sea right now. That's why they're moving up and down in the Taiwan Strait right now with their battleships. All of that happened under the watch of Obama Biden. Democrats have given us nothing but weakness in terms of dealing with China. Now, many of their warplanes are still based on Soviet designs, but even, even now, they are improving dramatically their capabilities when it comes to aircraft. So their Navy's up. We know that their infantry is incredibly strong. And do you think the Chinese would be willing to put a billion people up if they had to in the war? One billion? Ask yourself that question. Because this is a nation, don't forget, of billions of people and a ruthless communist government. They are a real threat. And we should never lose sight of that. And right now, they're threatening Taiwan with what appears to be simulated military attacks. In other words, it's a dress rehearsal for an attack. That ought to give the world pause. Because they have also seen American weakness under Joe Biden. They saw how Joe Biden put his tail between legs and gave Afghanistan back over to the terrorists in fact we have a sound bite let me find the number because i think peter Ducey asked john kirby about that yeah number 10.
5: let's hear you know that the taliban was harboring the world's most wanted terrorist you guys gave a whole country to a bunch of people that are on the FBI
7: most wanted list. What did you think was going to happen? I don't take issue with the premise that we gave a whole country to terrorist groups. I mean, again, I I I'd, I'd, I'd encourage you to ask
5: the world's number 1 terrorist how is that not giving a country to a, a terrorist sympathizing group? Uh, if not giving them permission to have terrorists just well, Sit on a
7: balcony. The, the question, I mean, Peter, the way you ask that, it makes it sound like we owned Afghanistan a year ago. It wasn't our country. Um, it was an independent sovereign state, and the president made a bold decision to end a war that had been going on for twenty years because he believed then and still believes now that our national security interests are best met by meeting the threats of today, not the threats of two thousand and one. Uh, and uh, we, you know, I don't want to relitigate the whole war here, but. Uh, Obviously, no one anticipated the Ghani government to fall as fast as it did. Um, But we said at the time that as we depart Afghanistan, we're going to keep vigilant. We're going to stay ready. And we're not going to let Afghanistan become a safe haven for terrorists who threaten our homeland. And this past weekend, we proved that case precisely.
1: All right, let's let's, let's parse that a little bit, okay? We proved the case. Well... We had terrorists already in Afghanistan. We don't know how many more are in there right now. And he also says something to the effect he does that 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 he ended a war that was 20 years and blah 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 blah. Look, no one's questioning that that war had to come to an end. The way that it happened is what people say. We didn't give our allies time to construct a a strong force. After we left, this was a unilateral decision made by Joe Biden, and it happened rapidly. We did not even consult our allies like Great Britain and others who had vested interest and who had troops there. This was totally a Joe Biden impulsive move. We lost military members because of this. There was chaos. There was not an orderly withdrawal because this administration was inept and this quick planning of it. So no one's disputing the fact that the war had to come to an end. In fact, Donald Trump had been trying to f- try to get us out of there. The fact is Joe Biden cut tail and ran. And he, it was costly. And because of that chaos now, the, no one anticipated the government would fall as quickly as it did. Oh, yeah, well, our own Pentagon said it would. That's a bunch of BS. And I think Kirby was one of the uh, spokesmen for the Pentagon back when. I mean, these guys are so full of it. And Peter Doocy was absolutely right to call him out. Now, cut 22, we have another one. And this was since China came up as the beginning of this question. Here, Listen to this exchange between Peter Doocy and Kirby later in the week on whether Joe Biden who has a lot of time off because he has COVID, has reached out to President Xi.
5: I know you said that there is not a a (laughs) call scheduled with Xi. Is there a reason why? Because President Biden's known him for decades. Yeah. He's got a lot of free time up there in the residence this week. He doesn't
7: have free time. He, he's is there a he's he can't he's, just
5: pick up the phone and he's call. Been
7: working all the way through his illness, quite frankly, Peter. So that's a little bit insulting. And um, as for it's a call, it, it is to, to it say is it's
5: a, that someone who is isolating by themselves.
7: You suggested he has a lot of free time, as if he's not doing anything, and you know that's not the case, Mr. Ducey. Now look, as for a call with President Xi, I don't have anything on the president's schedule to speak to. If ever the president felt like a call with President Xi was the appropriate way to respond or that it, would, uh, that it would have an effect and an outcome that he wants to achieve, he certainly would be willing to do that. He's talked to uh, Xi now five times. It's not like he's afraid to pick up the phone and, and call uh, President Xi. And if there's a, a – if a call is the right answer, um, I'm sure that President Biden will do that. But I'm not going to get ahead of the president on this. I do want to stress – I said it before, but I, I do think the, your question begs me to say it again, that the lines of communication are still open with Beijing, and we're using those lines of communication. And I think you'll see that uh, in days to come as, as well. That's really important. And that's one of the reasons why President Biden made that call a week or so ago, is to make sure, and you saw it in Karin's readout, to make sure that uh, those lines of communication stay open. And, and they are.
1: Yeah, and China's still threatening us and still running military maneuvers. Simulating an attack on Taiwan. Great going, Biden. Shock
0: radio 77 WABC. Now here's the soul of excellence. James Golden, aka Bo Snerdling on 77 WABC.
1: My friends, uh a public service announcement from our Saturday morning radio extravaganza here on WABC. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention have recommended that anyone with monkeypox abstain from sex. However, the CDC has also provided a range of ways to reduce the risk of transmitting the virus during sex as the country faces a rise in monkeypox infections. The CDC says if you or a partner has monkeypox, the best way to protect yourself and others is to avoid sex of any kind That would be oral, anal, and vaginal. Do not kiss or touch each other's bodies while you are sick, especially any rash. Do not share things like towels, fetish gear, sex toys, and toothbrushes. The CDC has more advice on when... Where and how someone with monkeypox can have safer sex. The CDC recommends that you masturbate together at a distance of at least six feet without touching each other and without touching any rash. Even if you do masturbate together at a distance of six feet without touching each other and without touching any rash, the CDC says you should remember to wash your hands, fetish gear, sex toys, and any fabric that includes bedding, towels, clothing, after having sex at six feet. Consider having sex with your clothes on. Says the CDC, or covering areas where rash is present, reducing as much skin to skin contact as possible. If the rash is confined to the genitals or anus, condoms may help. However, condoms alone are likely not to provide to prevent monkeypox from spreading. Uh, Earlier this week, the Biden administration named top officials from FEMA and CDC to serve as White House coordinators to combat monkeypox. And apparently, this is what the CDC has come up with. So once again, the instructions from the CDC. Masturbate together at least six feet apart. Avoid touching each other, and definitely don't touch any rashes. Wash your hands. Wash your fetish gear. Wash your sex toys and fabrics. Have sex with your clothes on. There's a name for that. Dare I? Well, some people, it's called dry something. So that's what the CDC is recommending. In an adjacent story, Georgia gubernatorial hopeful Stacey Abrams has proclaimed pregnancy to be lethal to black women. She said this on MSNBC. So black women apparently should avoid having sex. All together. (sighs) Let us head back to the telephones. Christine, welcome. You're on WABC. It's our Saturday morning. Hi, Christine. I'm good. How are you?
8: I'm doing well. So, you remember me from last week? Um, And the week before? Yes, of course. And the week before? Yes. So, apparently, I'm becoming some sort of radio what were they calling me, Jen? Radio personality. A radio star. Because people are coming in. A lot of our listeners, I mean, a lot of our customers are your listeners.
1: Well, I love so it.
8: Yesterday, yes, me too. Well, yesterday we had a visitor, and they said they were a friend of yours and gave me a message to give to you, which was, hi. <laughs> it was your friend Debbie.
1: Ah, Debbie you know, Duhaime. You know Debbie, Debbie Du. Yes. It must yes. be Debbie yes. Duhaime. Yes.
8: Yeah, so she said she was listening and she um, knew she was going to be in the area, so she stopped in to say hello to us. It was very exciting.
1: Yes, and Debbie. A lot of our and I,
3: knew who she
1: was? Yeah, Debbie used to when I used to do the James and Joel show, and um, back on WABC way back when, Debbie was also a regular part of our cast. We had a cast of hundreds, but Debbie was the amazing Cokey okay. Duham on that program. So I'm glad to hear Hello. that. Our, I'm glad to hear that your your, your appearances on the show are causing people to come in. I'd like to you to yeah, give the yeah. name of your restaurant one time. more time, because then we're going to send the sales force over so we can hit you up for a commercial. So Christine, that would be awesome. Okay, we are. We're going to send yeah. the sales force to you. So anyway, Christine, tell everybody where you're at.
8: So we're Gemma's Country Kitchen. I have my business partner Jen here with me.
1: Hi James. Hello she Jen. Loves you too. Jen, we've um, heard a lot about at, you, Jen. We've heard a lot about you. Finally glad to connect the voice a lot so about
8: told. you. <laughs> I'm in big trouble. Every day she keeps telling me, you said I had a blank, blank on live radio. <laughs> <laughs>
9: so,
8: we are Gemma's Country Kitchen. We're at 334 Main Street in Ogdensburg, New Jersey, which is between Franklin and Sparta. So it's it's, it's between two big Two big um, towns, but we're a little town in between.
1: Well, we should and encourage people to go pay a visit. What do you guys have on the menu? It's country cooking. So what do you guys have? A lot of good country kind of breakfast, lunch, dinner stuff. We're what do
8: you do? Breakfast and lunch. Um, breakfast and lunch. Awesome. Yep, we make awesome home fries. Everyone keeps saying best around. Um, we keep get hearing that our coffee is the best in, what are we, in Sussex County? Yep. Yeah. Uh, our pancakes are great, and the bacon. It and the bacon. <laughs> yes, so many people have said our base bacon is better than all the other places' bacon. well, wow. so, Yeah.
1: So, so we there asked, you have it.
8: Wanted you to wanted to invite you to come in for breakfast or lunch, and and hook up with Debbie and meet here for breakfast or lunch.
1: Sounds like a wonderful plan. I'm sending the shells workshop shop this week. But, Christine, thank you. Christine, thank you. We're always glad to have you on the show and glad our listeners are coming in. Hey, folks, I think we found our breakfast spot, huh? So, Christine, again, once more with the address.
8: Can you put me back on with your, your um, screener sure, so I can get your address? We'll send you. We also make amazing banana bread and seasonally lemon zucchini bread. So we would love to send you some for you to try. Woohoo, no, I no love that. It's booty bomb or anything.
1: But no booty bomb.
8: <clears>
1: she would bring up enough, the booty bomb. We'll
8: also have a large booty. Jen, just said, <laughs> did you
1: hear what Jen just said? Repeat if you that, Jen. That you will,
8: yeah.
1: uh, you yeah. will have a large yeah. booty. Okay, yeah. so mm-hmm. guess what? By the way, my the, the booty bomb that I ordered has not come. People are saying, what? I'll tell you about the booty bomb shortly, folks. It hasn't come <laughs> in yet. We're still waiting for the booty bomb. One more time so for the good. address, Christine.
8: Gemma's Country Kitchen, 334 Main Street in Ogdensburg, New Jersey.
1: All right. Thank you so much. Great hearing from you, Jen. Great hearing from you, too. Thank
8: Thank you so much.
10: Have a great
1: day. You, too. Let us head over to Staten Island. And, Gary, welcome. Thanks for holding, Gary. Welcome, WABC. It's our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. The
11: illegals, the rhinos. Come off the 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 speakerphone.
1: I will wait. Come off the speakerphone. I hear the echo. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Hello? Yeah. You still on a speakerphone. Do you, do, We're going to put you on hold. You. We're going to come back to you. Put them on hold. We're going to come back to you when you get the line straight. Let's go to Staten Island. Brian, welcome. How are you? WABC Talk Radio 77.
6: James, it was very nice for you to let those women promote
12: their business on your uh, show. And if I lived closer, I would certainly be there. But uh, also, I met you once years ago when me and my friend Scott Lebeta were delivering a painting to Bob Grant. It was when you were on 34th Street, you and Whoa, I
1: don't remember it. Whoa, that is a while ago. Well, I'm glad that we have met. What's on your mind today, Brian? Thank you.
10: I think that this
12: whole China, Taiwan thing and Nancy Pelosi thing is nothing more than a dog and pony show. This is nothing more than to give China an excuse to invade Taiwan, and and this is how they're going to use it. This is how they're going to, to 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 put their to put their planes in the air. They're going to use this whole Nancy Pelosi. Let me see if I understand you.
1: Let me see if I understand you right. You think that actually Pelosi may be in cahoots with China, that Pelosi may have gone over there to purposely infuriate the China or, or give the appearance that the Chinese were appear, uh, uh, infuriated so that then they would have a quote-unquote reason to go into Taiwan. Is that what you're saying?
12: That's exactly what I'm saying, and I appreciate the way you said it because you said it much better than I did.
1: Well, you thought it. This is an interesting thought. Now, the only thing that I would say, in all fairness, and you know it's very difficult for me to try to be fair with Nancy Pelosi, but I have to be. I have to be intellectually honest here. The only thing that I would say negates your theory is that Nancy Pelosi has a long history of saying things that irritate the Chinese. This isn't the first time. So it's hard to believe that she would be a Hunter Biden and be in cahoots. But that said, Brian, who thinks that anything is impossible these days? Wow. Hour number one, done. Hour number two, we're going to have so much fun. But we've got some other serious things to discuss too again 800-848-WABC is the number to call if you want to be on the program we're going to try to take so many calls today 800-848-WABC but we got a lot of news too so don't go anywhere we're coming right back on our saturday morning radio extravaganza
0: James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snerdly, on 77 WABC, the crown jewel of American radio.
1: Welcome for our number duo. Indeed it is. James Golden, Bo Snerdly here with you on WABC Talk Radio 77. You know, I didn't mention, and when we were talking about Alex Jones in the first hour, that I have some friends that are in the kook industry. I mean, they are so, so, so into some of these conspiracy theories. One of the big ones, and I have to say this, okay? I know I'm opening up Pandora's box here, and I probably shouldn't even talk about this. But I'm going to say, because I've been like, I, I have been like, okay, I have to research some of this stuff. I'm being dragged into these discussions. Sometimes people shower me with pictures. Of things and they say, see, this is proof. See, this is proof. And I say, okay, I need to refute some of this stuff. Chemtrails. That's what I'm talking. About. Chemtrails. Right? Have you Diego, have you ever heard of chemtrails? Is that the
5: the thing that happens when the plane like um true, when the thing. plane yeah. flies and stuff goes behind it?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I've uh-huh. seen them. You've seen chem, yeah, but you don't know whether they're chemicals. You just—that's just water vapor for the most part when from the fuel in some place. But some people say it's like all these chemicals that are being whatever, right? Chemtrails. Oh yeah, no, I don't know anything about that. Oh, you're lucky. Let me ask Scott. Scott, do you know anything about chemtrails? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Come on. Come on. Yes. Yes. I'm I'm very
5: familiar with the chemtrail.
1: What are you? What about? I, I
5: don't believe it. Doesn't make any sense to me because how? None Thank of that makes goodness. it. Because how would you? You're telling me every every airport in America is dumping what mind control juice into the jet fuel? <laughs> I, I don't understand. No one explains what's in it, where it comes from, what its purpose is. And what it's for weather control. How is it for? What do you? What do you mean? It to me, it's like it's been going on since planes existed. They're just up that high. I
1: mean, no, but 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 look at the design. Look at the designs. No plane can do that naturally. This is chemical, and it stays up there. It stays up there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. So I've been doing some research. So I get so much of this stuff. You know, between that, I mean, there are so many. I don't even want to get into some of the other conspiracies. There's the, you you know, the globalist conspiracies. There are a bunch of those. The financial ones, that who's controlling the money in the world. Then there are the political conspiracies. And then there's the Alex Jones type people. So I think, and I bring this up because I think, I'm preparing. I'm going to have the queen of conspiracies. We have the princess of policy. I think we're going to have an appearance one of these days soon from the queen of conspiracies to talk about these kind of things so that we, the, 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 the people that don't believe that this stuff is remotely even possible, can at least hear... What other people think my wife just sent me like five
5: articles on how chemtrails are real spain (laughs) Spain admits spraying chemtrails as part of secret un program and this is you've got this entire documented uh,
1: (laughs) what i go home to i love that (sighs) oh yeah okay Anyway, um, so I'm going to have the Queen shortly in a few weeks. We're going to do the queen, of, the, the queen of Conspiracies. You know, hopefully she'll bring her tinfoil hat and we can have a good discussion about these kind of things because I can't believe that so many people fall into this stuff. All right. <laughs> well, other news. I said earlier in the first hour that we have a tremendous opportunity. And we do. I want you to listen to this story. And before I say this, I want you to listen to this story, but I want you to do something, please. Before you listen to this story, tr- prepare your mind. Try not to listen to this story as just a bystander. Try to listen to this story as you think a Democrat activist would listen to this story or a Democrat organizer would listen to this story. Okay, here we go. The story first appeared in Bloomberg News. It was picked up by the Amazon Prime Washington Post. Rural school districts in Texas are switching to four-day weeks this fall due to lack of staff. Florida is asking veterans with no teaching background to enter classrooms. Arizona is allowing college students to step in and instruct children. The teacher shortage in America has hit crisis levels, and school officials everywhere are scrambling to ensure that, as students return to classrooms, someone will be there to educate them. I've never seen it this bad, Don Dominich, Executive Director, of the school superintendents' association, set of, set of the teacher shortage. Right now, it's number one on the list of issues that are concerning school districts. Necessity is the mother of invention, and hard-pressed districts are going to have to come up with some solutions. Now, it's hard to know exactly how many U.S. classrooms are short of teachers for the 22-23 school year. No national database precisely tracks the issue. But state and district level reports have emerged across the country detailing staffing gaps that stretch from the hundreds to the thousands and remain wide open as summer winds rapidly. Oh, I'm sorry, as summer winds rapidly to a close. I I went to public school, so you know, words big words like that winds, winds. Yeah. <clears throat> the Nevada State Education Association estimated that roughly 3,000 teaching jobs remain unfilled across the, state, the state's 17 school districts as of early August. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In Houston, the largest five school districts are all reporting between 200 and 1,000 teaching positions remain Open, And this story goes on and on and on and on about how dire the shortages, even in Fairfax County, where 97% of the teaching positions are filled, they want the other 3% of those jobs filled, even in Fairfax County, home of the Lib Libs. My friends, this is an opportunity. Many of you have asked, what can we do? What can we do to change things? What can we do to make sure that we stop the liberal advance? What can we do? Many of you are really smart. Very, very, very smart. Many of you are also of good moral character. I would say the overwhelming majority. Can't say perfect because we all know perfect is we, we live in an imperfect world. However, this is something that liberals normally would leap at. And I'm surprised that they haven't. This, with everything that's going on in the schools, everything that's going on in the schools, what better opportunities are there? For conservative people, people that even don't even have to be conservative, how about people that are just patriots, people patriots that just believe in the country, people that think that America is a decent place to live, people that are proud of the United States of America, people that are proud of our, maybe not everything in our history, but proud of America. How about people? that understand the value of reading, writing, instead of worrying about which pronoun you are. This is an opportunity. We have an unprecedented teacher shortage in the United States, and I think it should be conservative people and people of goodwill that have strong moral character that answer it. What say you? I'd love to hear what you have to say about this. 800-848-WABC number to call, 800-848-WABC. We're going to come back in a few minutes. Don't go away.
8: It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at, like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter.
0: And so much more. A true connection to real New York on 77 WABC. You made a fool of me. But the broken dreams have got you there.
1: ELO. I had no idea this was coming up. Diego said he was going to surprise me with, with a good bumper choice, and wow, did he ever. I love this song. Yeah, we were just talking about Nancy Pelosi. Oh, anyway, uh, Derek Hunter, my friend, <laughs> columnist at Town Hall, uh, amazing uh, author, and also a talk show host down there in in Yaltimore, is on the lines with us. Hey, Derek, what's going on, man?
13: Uh, man, I want to make a long distance dedication, Casey Case. I'm digging the, uh, the bumper music there.
1: Cool. Listen, man, do you believe in. Let me ask you a question, Derek. Um, I'm questioning everybody today. Uh, Derek, are are chemtrails real? Have you heard about the chemtrails? Sadly,
13: I have heard about the chemtrails. (laughs) It's one of those things, Bo, where you sit there and you, you hear from people, and in this business you meet a lot of people, and you're unsure whether or not they're joking. So you can't assume they're joking, but you you don't want to assume they're telling you the truth either. So you just kind of work in that gray area where you give them that knowing nod, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. The, if they're joking, they'll take it as they know I'm joking. And if they're serious, they go, they're on to it. They know. Because you don't want to have the discussion. And you don't want to offend the person. Because if you say, you know, you're insane, right? I mean, you recognize that you're clinically you need to be institutionalized, they will not start, They'll follow you out to the car at the grocery store and explain to you pulling things up on their phone going, look at this, Alex Jones shows it, they're killing everybody. Like, oh, good Lord. You just kind of go, "Yeah." you walk that fine line that you get to when you, you're doing talk radio where you're like, this person's crazy,
0: just get
1: me away. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'm going to have the queen of conspiracies on with me because I have been... I had to I actually had to, I, the whole thing, the pictures. Here, let me send you some pictures. You see this? Do you see this <laughs> formation? This formation could not come early. This had to come from chemtrails. Okay. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> and there are some others too. I mean, the five G network went Omg. Oh, oh it's, it's you. You name, somebody's going to find something to be crazy about. That's just
13: fluoride in the water when I was a kid. it was Everything was a Soviet conspiracy. Now, I don't know who's behind it now, George Soros or whatever. Like, they, what they're doing, what the Soviet Union was doing out in public was bad enough. They didn't need to try and control us. They were ready to nuke us to death. The, the idea that they were going to control us through fluoride in the water. And George Soros is putting horrible people in positions to be prosecutors and ignore the law. He doesn't need to sit there and work behind the scenes to make sure that our gas prices are 20 cents higher. All right? He's trying to take down the whole of society. He's going big. He's not staying home.
1: <laughs> Derek, what do you think about this thing going on with this te- with the Texas and Arizona governors sending up their illegal Uh, asylum seekers to New York and to uh, Washington, D.C., and the reaction from Mayors Adams and Bowser.
13: If I were in the Biden White House, I would be talking to both of them and saying, just shut up and take it. It's a couple of thousand people. You're proving the concept they're ruining the border states and the border towns, and they're pretending it's not happening and Now you idiots are sitting here saying, "No, six thousand people is going to bring down the the welfare state in New York. Well, what is a hundred thousand people going to do to San Antonio like what new mexico what is uh what is fifty thousand people going to do there? People will draw their own conclusions, so you sit there and you go, "Look, we'll get you some appropriations. We'll do it through some back channels." Shut your mouth. For God's sakes, call up George Soros and say, hey, take a second from trying to ruin the country this way and help us try and ruin the country this way and (laughs) cut them a check so they can buy these people some sandwiches in a refrigerator box or something. So we don't have the ultimate PR victory for Republicans saying, hey, everything that they've been saying down at the southern border is true. So, yeah, I, I don't understand why this how this White House works, but I'm so glad it doesn't.
1: Yeah. And by the way, on we mentioned Alex Jones. I have not made much of Alex Jones at all, but I did. we did have a call, and he hung up, and he said, look, and, and I'm going to repeat what the caller said because it was uh, on the line anyway, because I think it's worthwhile just to ask you about this, you being a journalist. Um, the the caller was going to say, look, the guy may be nuts, and he may have said all these things, and it's true that there that, that was a hoax. But there is still a First Amendment. So let me ask you a question, Derek, as a journalist, do people have a First Amendment protection to go ahead and hoax on public airwaves the public? Well, first of
13: all, how dare you call me a journalist? There's just uh, – that that's wildly offensive. Secondly, <laughs> they should. They absolutely should. The argument that people always say is you can't say, yell fire in a crowded theater. Well, if there's a fire, you'd damn well better yell fire in a crowded theater. And you can yell fire in a crowded theater. That's not the crime. It is if people get trampled and injured running out of the fi- uh, the theater because you yelled fire it's not the words yourself you're responsible for th- the damage that is done so you can say all sorts of crazy things i don't i don't know the gr- i haven't been following it honestly what happens to alex jones is is less interesting to me than the content of my 3-year-old's diaper so i haven't been following it but the insistence that this – I mean, it's insane. Oh, these are crisis actors. It didn't really happen. It's right up there with the people who say that was a missile that hit the Pentagon. Like, oh, uh, so – or Flight 93 wasn't real because there's no wreckage there. Like, so you're telling me everybody on that plane – because people disappeared. Everybody on that plane all universally decided to hell with our families. Land us at some secret air base in Canada, and we'll start new lives, all of us, and keep it secret for the rest of forever. You, the amount of um, problems you'd have to have to believe some of these conspiracies is almost Olympic level. It's like world record shattering. But people are free to do it, and Alex Jones should be free to spew it. I don't know the grounds that he was uh, defamation. essentially financially it
1: was, ruined. It, yeah, Defamation. And, the, and the, okay,
13: Well, the kids certainly weren't public figures, and you can't sit there and accuse people. Look, You can't hear Nick Sandman getting undisclosed settlements from various media organizations for them defaming him and then say, but Alex Jones should be different. No, uh, as long as it's the same standard, I'm fine with it.
1: Okay, now, the FBI director, Chris Wray, testified this week, and Ted Cruz whipped him a new one, all right, and... It was over symbols and and things like that. For instance, uh, Ted Cruz pulled out a training manual that lists um, symbols of, of militia, violent extremism, and included on the list of symbols that are considered to be now violent militia extremism is the Betsy Ross flag.
13: Well, I don't think you realize how uh, a double cross stitch that she used can be used as a weapon, James. It's just,
9: no, it, it's,
13: it is absurd. It's incredibly. Look, I took theater courses. I know how to. I know how to sew, man. Uh, but it is absurd that this is what the FBI is focusing on. But it's not surprising. Everything. Every institution in. Washington has been weaponized by the left. My God, they're looking at hiring eighty seven thousand new soldiers for the IRS.
1: I was gonna but ask you about those- that. From what I hear, the IRS with the new hires the Democrats want will actually have a larger uh a personnel body than the Pentagon of the United States.
13: Yes. And more car they have more cars than they have employees, I believe, and they're being abused for personal use. But I, uh, I'll i tell you, I had Grover Norquist on the show. He's my former boss, Randy. I had him on the show yesterday. And I asked him a question about that. And there's a po- – like, they want more IRS agents. There's no doubt in this this garbage Build Back Better redo. They want more IRS agents to go after Americans. There's more people in the middle class. Therefore, there's more money in the middle class, not on an individual basis, but collectively. but. It's also partially an accounting gimmick. There aren't 87,000 people right now qualified just sitting at home knitting, going, oh, the IRS is calling. I'm back in the game. They would need to be trained. They need to be educated. It's a long time to get these people. But what saying we're hiring 87,000 people to go and audit all these small businesses does is say, and it will generate $120 billion or whatever. It's an accounting gimmick. So they can say this isn't actually adding to the deficit. That's the real offensive part here is that they're using accounting gimmicks that if you or I used in our private businesses, we'd go to jail for. And they're saying, yeah, we're going to hire a bunch of agents and we're going to collect another $100 billion and then we'll spend that money. Well, the spending part, they got covered. The revenue part never comes to fruition. So I – There will be more IRS agents. I don't think there will be 87,000 of them, but their target will be the middle class either way.
1: All right. Last question, Derek. You look at what has taken place on the abortion front. Uh, Earlier this week, liberals were joyful. They were orgasmic. They said, we won Kansas. Yay. Abortion in Kansas. Yay. Yay. And they said, this is going to take us to victory in November. Abortion, yay! And then yesterday, the news came out that Indiana put their foot down. No abortions in Indiana, except for a number of circumstances. And, of course, there's crickets in the press about what that means. Do you think that the tables now have been turned on the November elections, that all of a sudden Republicans are going to sit it out at home, because abortion is now front and center, and all the Democrats are going to rev up their base, and so much that, that 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 red wave that we expected is going to turn purple, and then it's going to turn blue, and we're going to have a blue wave crashing over us in November.
13: First off, I just want to point out how hilarious it is watching Democrats discover the concept of federalism. It's like watching a baby giraffe try to walk for the first time on a sheet of ice. They're like, whoa, wait, Kansas did— de- they, they don't know what's going on. They're confused, but they're happy, and, and then some, they fall, and they're upset. Um, look, on an issue like abortion, it pulls highly from everybody on both sides, for or against. But if it's not the issue that moves a vote, it doesn't really matter. You know that. You can be vehemently pro-choice, pro-abortion. I love abortion. Give me all the abortions, and you're unemployed, and you can't afford food. That's probably going to beat your 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 support for abortion or your support for – pro. if you can't feed your family, that's kind of more important than that. If it costs you $100 to fill up your gas tank, it's more important. So the, the abortion effect is already baked into the cake. The pro-lifers are going to vote for Republicans. The pro-abortions are going to vote for Democrats. So the idea that this is going to be a big shift that's just around the margins – and as people stop on their way to the polls to fill up their gas tanks and maybe buy an $8 sandwich, they go, oh, God, I can't have any more of this. So I wouldn't worry about it uh, that much. And a lifetime in politics is a week, and we're three months away from an election. So a lot can change. Everybody could come down with monkeypox. I, I heard you talking about monkeypox earlier. I got I to say Democrats are amazing. Stay at home. Laminate yourself because of COVID. Don't ever go out. But they can't bring themselves to say, hey, maybe you should dial back the attendance to the random anonymous orgies just for a couple of weeks. That's a bridge too far. Just for a couple of weeks, maybe. Or, you know, if you see somebody covered in open sores and pustules, take a pass. (laughs) They they can't even bring that. Instead, they go, you know, monkeypox is out there stalking everybody. You're just as likely to get it as a heterosexual. No, you're not. No, you're not. They did the same thing with AIDS in the 90s. My whole life was the the PSAs trying to convince me to be afraid to answer the door because it might be HIV coming to get me. And Mm -hmm. realistically, it was a disease that was significantly, shall we say, more easily transmitted through one particular form of intercourse between men rather than any other and how many people's lives were lost because gay men heard that message too and said well i'm nobody else i know is taking you know straight people i know are taking precautions so there's nothing to worry about uh the same thing here now it's thankfully not fatal but for god's sakes just take a couple how hard is it to tell people hey maybe you should just i don't know have a conversation with the person you're going to have sex with and have a sandwich and maybe wait a week just see if they break out into anything just for a little while and they go no that's a bridge too far i don't know if they have no faith in the gay community or i am really out of touch with it but it seems like there is a a massive disconnect there
1: well i'm still in favor of the cdc uh method which is to just instead of doing sex the regular way just masturbate and just do it six feet away from each other and make sure you wash your hands afterwards so
13: that's what i've been doing throughout this entire hit (laughs)
1: <laughs> Derek Hunter people can find your column where townhall.com
13: or you can just search the Derek Hunter podcast and you'll find that there so check
1: it all out thanks Derek Derek Hunter. Thank you. <laughs> Oh, we're coming right back folks don't go away
0: talk radio 77 W.A.B.C. welcome to the golden age of radio James Golden, a.k.a. Bose Nerdly, is on 77 WABC.
1: A taste of honey. If you were alive during the disco era, you recognize the beat. And you recognize this bass line. Boogie, boogie, boogie. On WABC Talk Radio 77, if you want to be part of our Saturday morning radio extravaganza, 800-848-WABC is the number to call, 800-848-9222. It's okay, you can dance. Yeah, even if you're in the car, just don't go crazy. Let's head back to the telephones. Marie in Rockland County, New York. Welcome. Welcome. How are you doing, Marie?
2: Okay. I am a 30-year ditto head, and I love you both.
1: Thank you, Marie.
2: Marie. And I... I actually shower with you every Saturday morning.
1: Oh, was exciting. I hope we're six <laughs> feet apart.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> At least. Thank
1: you. Thank, thank you.
3: Wouldn't Air
2: Force Two have to file a flight plan? Wouldn't you have to get permission to use Air Force Two? Because that's what Nancy Pelosi used to go to mm-hmm. Taiwan. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, of so course. How
2: they say it was not a sanctioned trip.
1: Well, it was, of course, it was a sanctioned trip now, look, we know that Joe Biden was consulted on this and the Biden administration. every step of the way was in with this. but by the way, on this Pelosi business with the planes, do you know that Lancy Pelosi doesn't have just access to this? They have a fleet of planes, and those planes have been at her disposal certain planes i don 't know which ones for years, and apparently. She has had parties on some of these planes and all the rest of it, all hidden from public view because, of course, of course, the, the the mainstream press is never curious when it comes to the goings-on of Nancy Pelosi or their favorite Democrats. She and her husband, by the way, have done quite well in the stalks. They seem to be stalk geniuses. Marie, thank you. I look forward to our shower next week. Let us go to John in Staten Island. John, welcome, WABC. How are you? Going once, John. Going twice, John. Let's go to Ralph in New Rochelle. Ralph, how are you doing this morning? You're on WABC with James Golden, a.k.a. Snerdly. How are you doing, Ralph?
13: I'm doing well, Mr. Golden. A pleasure to speak with you. I just wonder, why do the Democrats that say they want to help You know, the underserved communities keep putting these criminals back into those same communities. I mean, aren't they, you know, when they have this revolving door justice and these people committing a crime and they let them back out again, aren't they just hurting the people they say they're supposed to serve? Why do they do that?
1: Um, The answer to that question is... For the same reason that they allow failing schools to exist in these communities for generation after generation, why they allow um, not just the criminals to be back on the street, but why they why they go out of their way to say things like if you enforce the law that it's racist, why they allow any number. For instance, Social Security, I don't want to get too far in the weeds here, but anybody in these underserved communities should look at Social Security and understand that, for, especially for minorities, they get the least advantage out of it. Why? Because <clears throat> if you look at the actuarial tables, for instance, black men have the shortest lifespan. So you can have black guys that work all their lives, and most of the time they're dead before, not most of the time, that's a gross overstatement. They stand a better chance of dying than any other group before they are able to collect their Social Security. And if you look at other minority communities, the same thing holds because of lifespan. So it ultimately would make more sense if you're talking about increasing wealth in black communities and Hispanic communities to allow people to take that money and invest it themselves in the stock market. That way they could pass it on or wherever they want to invest it. That way they could pass it on to their heirs and retain wealth in their own families and their own neighborhoods. Democrats are dead set against that. Democrats are dead set against school choice. The idea that parents should be able to send their children to the best schools of their choice. Why? And the answer has to come back, it's only one thing, because Democrats aren't the most caring when it comes to the underserved communities. Democrats exploit the underserved communities. They don't care about the underserved communities. They claim to represent them for their own personal power. They do not care what happens to the underserved communities that they supposedly represent. That is the answer to your question. And it's a great question, and I thank you very much. Eric in Manhattan, welcome WABC Talk Radio 77. How are you, Eric?
12: Hey, bro. I'm okay. I'm okay. It's an honor to talk to you again. Um, uh, we, my mother and I are Trump Democrats. We became uh, fans of uh, of uh, Rush in the last few years, luckily.
7: yeah. Um, but you. I
12: won't dwell on that. Yeah, I mean, well, we've gone into the hype for years. I feel guilty. We've gone into the hype for years. You're so demonized. I'm like, who? Now it's like, what like what the guy behind the teddy bear is somebody behind that teddy bear there like the guy was like you know, but um so I you know it's very it's a little sentimental talking to you but, what is the conspiracy theory? You know I I I said to someone I said to someone um do you, what about Hillary Clinton selling twenty percent of our uranium rights to um to Putin and and um Obama not vetoing it? Can it the deal? be
1: can it, can it be proven with factual information?
12: Yeah no but then someone will tell me well, that's
1: a conspiracy theory. So who is it? Asking? Be, who are you okay. Me? Can it be. No, but you, and, heard and it, you hadn't heard
12: that story? No, it's true. No, you know, no, I you, have you
1: heard know. the story, and and by the way, not only have I heard the story, I've looked into the story. And so this is my answer to you. What is a conspiracy theory? If you can prove something <clears throat> with factual information from a reliable source or sources, and you've done enough research to demonstrate that what you are postulating is the true version or the truth of a story, then it is not a conspiracy theory. If, on the other hand, you have things that are based in these wild assumptions where there's no proof, and especially when it comes to matters of, well, I hate to even use the word science now because science has been bastardized by Democrats with this whole COVID experience, no one trusts the science anymore because what they've done to science, which is not rely on the truth, which is not to rely on on, on information that can be data that can be replicated with the same input and you get the same result. So the answer to the question is you can differentiate Conspiracy theories by doing some research into what is the truth, and the truth is, if you research something hard enough, often obtainable. Okay, does that answer your question, Eric? Well, you're still operating in a normal world.
12: Any anything can be dismissed. See, let me one. Well, they get away with so much because we dismiss offhandedly dismiss so much of. The other aspect is our own tax dollars. I first heard about the spraying um, in 1985 in you know, a Chevy Chase does a skit about it. Um, in Spies like us, and so that's reasonable. They always they spray chemtrails, contrails. So we know they're spraying something. They do crop agricultural spraying. Okay, so I, that I get spraying. Now tell me more. There's a documentary you should see um, if it's still available. What on the what on earth are they spraying? What in the world are they spraying? There's it's multi-purpose. There's barium in there, there's aluminum, there are reflected mm. metals. Yeah. Um, it, 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 it Guess what, also. Eric?
1: This is what, exactly yeah. what I'm talking about. Because, because I have friends that I respect very deeply, I actually did the research on this. There is a study out by, <clears throat> it is one study, and I wish there were more, but there's one very credible story, uh, 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 I'm sorry, scientific analysis of these claims. And these claims are totally debunked. And the way that they came about it was they measured where people have claimed that these chemtrails are. They measured the atmosphere. They measured um, the minerals and in the, in, in the uh, chemicals in the ground, in the air. And you know what they found? Everything was normal. It wasn't this stuff. I will produce next week. I, don't, I, I should have printed it if I were going to talk about this. I didn't know I was going to talk about this today. I would have printed the story, but I'll I will look and, and present that uh, information next week or during the week if I can. So look, Eric, I hear you. I don't want to dissuade you. You're free to think what you think, and if you think that I'm wrong on it, that's cool too. We can just disagree. But um, I just have a very different view of this stuff, Eric. Eric, love your call. Hope to hear from you again. Good man. There's
12: the the, the, the crowd of theater thing. The crowd theater thing. One more. Say one more thing. Yes, go ahead. <laughs> oh, that analogy. Oh, it's so bad because I—it's that's not free speech for the on firing crowd to use. That's reckless endangerment, and they keep using that that same analogy to to actual free speech to compare to actual free speech stuff. So, um, but that—but anyway, you have a great weekend. Thank you so much,
10: Eric. Thank talking.
1: you. I appreciate All your right. call, buddy. All right. Let us go to Manhattan. Let's stay in Manhattan. And Edna, Edna, how are you doing? Ina, I'm sorry, it's not Edna. Ina, Th- that's welcome,
10: also, Mr. Golden. How are you? Thanks I'm fine, thank you. Call. Yes, I, I was, you know, wondering that um, people should get together, uh, especially the people from upper, uh, like the business people, and have a meeting and get back the, some of the police that 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 um, retired. And when the mayor ran, he promised those that didn't take the covid um,
1: Those who didn't take the max the vaccine, he fired them. The
10: vaccine, yes, they fired them. Also, the the health worker, the the firemen, and that. So, and he promised when he was b- debating with with Curtis, he said, um, if I win, I'm gonna hire you and give you back pay." I hear nothing about that. And now the, the, the police are overcome with with the, with the criminals. So I'm suggesting they should bring back those people and those experienced um, police and get the canine dog. They usually have the van with the canine dogs in there when 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 they when they are patrolling. Anyone try to attack them, they let the dog at them, and the dog go. Go and offer them, and they can't, they can't beat up the cop. They can't do the cop. No, they have to be burst up and run. So they should bring back the canine dog and, and also the stick uh, and, and, and protect these cops because they are overcome by the crowd. Look at what happened in the Bronx with the, with the, the parade. Right. This, this is not right. This is not right. These and, and what they should do to bring back the canine and the ice Heist, heist man, and also the soldiers, because the soldiers go to foreign country and die over there. And defending them, no, we are at war. We are at war, and a lot of the foreign country is them causing this. They want America to go down, so they should bring out the soldiers and patrol, and help them, help the police patrol the thing and bring back law and order. And they should also have a town meeting. Where I would like to go and address the mayor, because he's, he's oh, you he's know the bad mayor bad. is going to
1: have you know you just listen keep keep the mayor does have these town meetings, and we need to see where they're going to be in advance and, and announce them sometime, so that people like you can go, and if the mayor was willing to take your questions, which is highly doubtful. But you would be able to speak to him, and you should be able to voice these opinions. We have to go to a commercial break, Ina, but I want to address some of the things that you said when we get back. So I appreciate your call. Lovely hearing from you. And always a pleasure, Ina. Call us back. WABC Talk Radio 77, James Golden, A.K.A. Sturdy. It's our Saturday morning radio extravaganza, and we are coming back right after this
0: talk radio 77 wabc entertaining and informative james golden aka bo snurdly is on the air 77 wabc
1: oh man doobies without love where would you be Long train running. This is before Michael McDonald took over the lead role. Remember, Larry Kudlow is up next. After this show, we've got another hour and change to go. Let's head back to the telephones. Bill, Bradley Beach, New Jersey. You're on WABC with James Golden at Case Nerdy. What's up, Bill?
14: Good morning, James. How you doing
1: today? Good, Good. thank you.
14: Good. I just called uh, the last few days we've been seeing in New York how they've been advertising uh, Governor Abbott setting up a busload of uh, people. And yep. the, the, now you see all the politicians talking about laws.
1: Yeah, all of a sudden.
14: Yeah, so so it's it's interesting to me. And you can really see how dishonest journalism is and how corrupt it is because why aren't they down at the – why wouldn't you follow the story? If it was a storm, you know, when there's a storm, they're down in Kentucky because of the storm, but yet they're not down uh, at the border. And there's a storm at the border, yet they, they, they call that a conspiracy theory. Yet they can go down there. They can prove it wrong or right. It's either an open border or it's not, and they can go down there and prove it. Yet they don't. They hide and they lie, and that's how corrupt the media is, and that's how actually scary it is because you can't believe anything they say, and this is you know it's 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 mind boggling, and people let let them get away with. It. And if I could say one thing about the the um, abortion, uh, and it, that's what the Supreme Court said, leave it up to the states. So Kansas. That, that's what the people want it there, Indiana. That's what the people want it there. So it's a it's a great thing. It's sh- it shouldn't that that's good. I, I you know I, I don't agree with all the stuff, but but it's good if that's what people in the states that are living there, paying their taxes there. That's what they want. Good. That's all I got to say. Thank you very much,
1: Dave. Bill. You, you said a mouthful there, my friend. Number one, the the return to the states of power. This is something that a lot of people do not understand because. Civics is no longer taught in many schools in America. This return of power to the states is exactly what the framers of our Constitution had in mind. If they're not enumerated rights enumerated in the Constitution, the states have the power to decide. It's really not a difficult concept. So for liberals to complain about it, the way that they're complaining about this return to the states, now I'll tell you what, what, what part of it is. And that is what happened in this country when states' rights were used as a mechanism to keep slavery going. However, abortion is not slavery. It is just as morally reprehensible in many cases. But what the, what, the, what the Supreme Court did here was allow this issue to be settled by American citizens and their legislators, not this one-size-cookie-cutter that most Democrats now prefer everything, the whole country be blanketed with their, with their way of thinking on everything. So many of us applauded, as we should. Of course, when we get to uh, when when Princess Di joins us, I'm going to play Princess I want to play a bunch of stuff for you. I want your reaction to it today. That's why I didn't see many stories to look at, because I have so many sound bites. I just want your off the cuff reaction to them, because it's always brilliant. So anyway, there's one that deals with this very issue of abortion and constitutionality. And we'll pick that up in the next hour, too, when we talk with Princess Di. Meanwhile, let us go to Paul in New Haven, Connecticut. Paul, thank you for holding and waiting. What's on your mind this morning?
6: Hey, thank you for taking my call.
1: My pleasure. You're a dirty Negro. Leave him up. Don't no, no, don't Do not put him down. Leave this bigot up. Go ahead, Paul. Spew your hatred. Feel free. And by the way, show the world your ignorance. Go ahead, Paul.
10: You never would have gotten
12: of a radio show
1: if Rush didn't die. I know who you are. I had a radio they show are. before then. Uh, Paul, for your information, I was in radio since I was you, a kid. No,
10: they dropped your show. They dropped no, your show uh, Paul. Paul, listen. to
1: Hello, Paul. You ignorant, win. You ignorant human being. I moved to Seattle to do a new show over there. They didn't drop anything. You have no information. you don't know who I am. You are a hateful bigot. And I pray for you, I and I hope that I hope I know you who are you, you don't same. know who I am, Paul. You are the Paul. Same. Paul. Just enough. You know what, Paul? You should leave six. the bottle until later in the day. You should try to do the bottle, at least wait until the afternoon. You're slurring your words, and besides your ignorance, you sound totally, totally hateful. Now, God bless you, Paul. I hope you have a good day. I hope one day you can see past your own whatever is bothering you in your life. I hope you can get past it. And have a good life. Goodbye, Paul. And good luck. Now, let us see where else we go. Henry from Queens, welcome. You're on WABC with James Golden, aka Snurdly.
15: Mister Snurdly, it's a pleasure uh, finally talking to you. I listened to the years to Rush Limbaugh, and I, I heard when he uh, called your name on the radio many, many times, all the time actually. And uh, for to make the long story short, in the '80s and '90s, I used to be a Democrat, and, uh, and uh, also in the early 2000s, and 2008. I started listening to Rush Limba back then as I saw the country going the wrong way and uh, all the all the things that were going on uh, putting white against black and all these stuff that was not going on before as much as you know they uh, eight eight ten years ago. I've been looking at the country going down and i'm I, I've been you know I changed twelve years ago I became a Democrat, uh, actually a Republican. And I started to research more and look into history and I look at the parody uh, the parody in history with the United States and many other countries, like say Greece, how Greece was destroyed from we think by the senators, the politicians. Well, when the Greeks used to beat the the Persian Empire, it, it was they were a great country. The Persians couldn't beat them. So what they did was they started paying off the senators, they started started buying all these politicians. And Effectively, they destroyed Greece because they put them to fight one, one against the other. That was the Peloponnesian War for 30 years that destroyed themselves. Then also, you know... And the, and, uh, and
1: Henry, the, we're running of out of time. We're running out of time, so I'm going to have to cut you off, sadly, because I was really interested in what you said in your view of history. And I hope you call back with it. About being destroyed from within. Yes, In some cases, we are. And by the way, that's what Khrushchev and the Soviets told us they were going to do, Uh, set us up with infiltrators so we would be destroyed from within. I will say to you that America can save itself, and I am so optimistic about this country and about what we can do to affect change. It is a fight, but we have been fighting liberals since the foundation. Since the very beginnings of this country, we have been fighting liberalism. In one form or another, it is a battle that goes on beyond lifetimes and it is a battle that will not stop. We're coming back with our last hour after this. Please don't go away.
0: It's James Golden a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC, the crown jewel of American radio.
1: Well, yes, and we're back for hour number three. On this hour, as always, look forward to hearing from America's princess of policy, the one and only Diana Me. Diana, I have a surprise for you. (laughs) No, it's not really a bad – I'm just going to – here's what we're going to do. Diana and I usually discuss stories that we're going to, you know, talk about, whatever. Well, today I didn't put it because I have a soundbite roster, and I just want to play some soundbites for Diana and have her comment on them just right off the cuff. So, Diana, that's what you can expect, and it's going to be fun. Now, uh, let's see what else we have. By the way, Donald Trump has come out about this reconciliation deal, and this reconciliation deal looks like it is on its way to passage next week. The Republicans saying they're going to give Democrats hell, which means they're going to do all these procedural moves to add amendments to it, which will be voted down. It's just political theater. It is time-consuming. I'm not mad at the Republicans for doing it. Democrats do the same thing. When you can't stop legislation, you just make them pay a little price for bringing it up, but in the end, now that they have Kirsten Sinema's uh, vote on it, it's going to pass. Okay, Donald Trump came out totally against it. It is a major tax increase. It is implementation of some of the Green New Deal crapola that has been floated around. It is not going to do anything to alleviate inflation, and even the CBO scoring says that. So, waste of time it's just going to end up hurting America, which is what Democrats do when they're in office. This story surprised me a little bit. Did you know that the polio virus is back? (gasps) It's another virus. Really? We've got a virus, you say? Yes, it's another virus, and it's not the monkeypox. The monkeypox is out there, but this is polio. Now, many of you would remember when everyone was rejoicing because polio was eradicated. It was gone, Finney, never to be shown, heard from again on planet Earth. It's back. New York state health officials have found indications of additional cases of polio virus in wastewater samples from two different counties, leading them to warn that hundreds, hundreds of you, hundreds of people may, in, may be infected with the potentially serious virus. Just two weeks ago, New York's Health Department reported the nation's first case of polio in almost a decade. It was found in Rockland County. Wait a minute. Isn't that where that last guy called from? Oh. Just two weeks ago, New York Health Department reported the nation's first case of polio in almost a decade in Rockland County, north of New York City. Officials said... The case occurred in a previously healthy young adult who was unvaccinated. Oh my goodness! And this is not funny at all. The um, the person that that contracted it has developed uh, paralysis in in their legs. Since then, three positive wastewater samples from Rockland County and four from neighboring Orange County were discovered and genetically linked to the first case. That suggests that the polio virus is being spread within local communities. Based on earlier polio outbreaks, New Yorkers should know that for every one case of paralytic polio observed, there may be hundreds of other people infected. Coupled with the latest wastewater findings, the department is treating the single case of polio as the tip of the iceberg of much greater potential spread. This is not good. Not good at all. So now we have two viruses that we're supposed to be worried about, the monkeypox virus, and now in New York at least, Polio, again. Kudos to Ron DeSantis, the governor of the free state of Florida. He has suspended Alvin Bragg. Well, not Alvin Bragg, the Alvin Bragg state prosecutor, the Alvin Bragg-like prosecutor from Hillsborough County. That would be state attorney Andrew Warren. That happened during the week. DeSantis said this state prosecutor had put himself publicly above the law by signing letters saying he would not enforce laws prohibiting gender-affirming care for minors or laws limiting abortion. And so DeSantis said, okay, you've gone public. You said you're not going to defend the laws of the state, so you're suspended. Bye-bye. Well, what happens next? This is not – what happens next is that the Senate in Florida, in Florida's um, state assembly, state government, will have to decide whether this is a permanent firing or whether the guy will be reinstated. And there's a time period attached to that. I think it's a few months, 90 days or something, unless the guy files suit in court to try to get his job back and this guy is defiant. He says that, that he's still going to show up to work. He was escorted out. He's, he's threatening to show back up and try to resume his duties, although the governor down there has, uh, has appointed another state attorney already to take his place. And, of course, Democrats, this Charlie Crist guy, says that DeSantis is acting like a wannabe dictator. It's funny how the dictator things happen when Republicans use their power, but they can never attach that word to their own. Like Biden, for instance, or like in this city, Adams. Now, one of the things that Ina said when she was on the phone, I wanted to get back to. She said that the police officers here should be able to use nightsticks and police dogs. Routinely, I guarantee you that if the canine force were expanded here in New York, it wouldn't be long before there would be more calls from the radical left of racism if these dogs were used in pursuit of criminals. How shall we say? The Democrats always say people of color. So I'll say if they were used to pursue criminals of color, they would be called racist. They would make... allegations that it was just like the old slave days when the dogs were hunting down black folks. I guarantee you that this is the way Democrats think. Now, should that stop anything? No. I don't think it should. I think In is exactly right. I think that the police department should use every weapon at their disposal to bring crime under control legally, every legal weapon. And that includes there was a way to conduct Profiling where it was legal, and I think that we as a society actually need to come to terms with this whole idea of profiling. We profile so many things. Think about it. I mean, you profile, ladies, those of you who are single, you profile guys all the time. If a guy's trying to hit on you, you profile them. Yeah, loser. Yeah, winner. Yeah, loser. Guys profile women, and I don't even want to talk about the ways we do that. We all used a sense of discrimination. Discrimination in and of itself is not a bad thing. It is a natural thing that was granted to us. People have consciousness and the ability to discriminate many things. We discriminate between right and wrong. We discriminate based on past experiences, if we think something will hurt us or not. Yet when it comes to dealing with criminals, we're not allowed to assume very basic things. If someone acts like a criminal, perhaps they could be a criminal. If somebody fits the profile of a criminal, Perhaps they could be a criminal. And I think until we advance beyond that, we're not going to ever really solve many of the problems that we have in law enforcement. We know gangbangers act like gangbangers, and we know what gangbangers do. It makes sense, then, if you spot gangbangers that you're able to at least question their behavior. What are you doing? But those things are not permitted because people say, oh, it's racial discrimination. It's racial. No, it's not racial discrimination. It's criminal discrimination. And we should discriminate and weed out the criminals out of our society. And then instead of releasing them like the Democrats, like Miss Hokel and Mayor Adams do, we should make them accountable for their behavior. Very simple. But sadly, also, in an era like this, very complicated. There was a Fox News story I saw today, and I didn't print it out, about David Chappelle and how David now other... Now, this is what happens with leadership, by the way. David Chappelle has stood out there by himself... Against raging against this cancel culture business as it pertains to comedians. Now other comedians are starting to join him because he's taking the lead role. This is what Ron DeSantis and the governor in Virginia and the governor in South Dakota are doing. <coughs> Excuse me. They're showing Republicans what leadership looks like. Don't back away. Confront liberals. Confront liberals at every stretch. And you're going to be successful. And you will demonstrate to Republicans, to the Republican Party, and to your voting public, what success looks like so that it can be replicated. All right, we're in hour number three. Princess Di is coming up soon. We've got so many more of your calls and we've got more news and more fun and more music. Remember, on Monday, George Benson will join us on Boston Early's Rush Hour. So you'll want to be here for that. Meanwhile, we're coming right back right after this. Talk Radio
0: 77 WABC. It's time for Radio Royalty with James Golden and America's Princess of Policy, Princess Die.
1: Ah, uh, yes, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> our very own Princess of Policy, not to be confused with the Queen of Conspiracies. <laughs> But wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> I remember I'll back answer,
2: in. I'll answer to that too.
1: <laughs> I remember back in 2000. You were a yes. Y2Ker. I know.
2: It's embarrassing to admit now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, yes. Princess Diana me joins us, ladies and gentlemen. We're glad, of course, to have Her Royal Highness with us on this. Beautiful uh, Saturday morning, where, by the way, illegal immigrants are now finding homes in New York. Thank you, Governor Abbott. <clears throat> yes. So today, Diane, I sent you no stories because, as I've said, I want to just have some fun. I want to play okay. sound bites for you, and I want to oh, get dear. your reaction to the sound bites. <laughs> Number one, let us start, Princess Di, with this. Joe Manchin was on Face the Nation last week and he had some things to say about taxes and inflation. This is what it sounded like. Let me start with something you said back
13: in 2010 in the debate when you were
14: here's what you said. I don't think during a time of recession you mess with any of the taxes or increase any taxes.
13: So that's become your Republican colleagues favorite quote to roll out now that you've made this agreement with uh, Chuck Schumer that has a tax piece to it. Why did you change your mind?
14: John, I didn't change my, my mind. I've never changed at all. This is fighting inflation. This is all about the, the absolute horrible uh, position that people are in now because of the uh, inflation cost, whether it be gasoline, whether it be food pricing, whether it be energy pricing. And it's around energy mostly. It's driving these high inflation. This is going to do, take care of that because this is aggressively producing more energy to get more supply to get the prices down. That's what we're doing. But we didn't raise taxes, John. (laughs) Lies.
2: (laughs) You know, the interesting thing is, if you recall, the um, BBB, the Build Back Better Act, originally had $325 billion that they were spending on green energy. Now, that failed mm-hmm. thanks in large part to this wonderful Joe Manchin Senator from West Virginia. Well that was three hundred twenty five billion on green energy. Guess what they have now that what? he's considering better? Three hundred sixty nine billion Whoa. on green. Energy. It's it got higher. It got higher. So they they pretended they got rid of that terrible bill because they couldn't get Joe Manchin to sign on because it was tax and spend. And they come up with something worse in which he is flat out looking people in the eye and saying how this is going to really solve inflation. You know, if you, if you didn't have a beat on this guy's character before, now you do.
1: Okay. By the way, the CBO, which they love to tout, and throwing our face. The CBO came out and said, This thing is not gonna do anything for inflation. But of right. course they're not talking about that. And of course well, the mainstream Go ahead. Go ahead. And I the mainstream press doesn't, doesn't make seat. a big deal. They don't the mainstream Me. press doesn't make a big deal. Usually the mainstream press is right there. CBO. CBO.
2: Well, the mainstream press also isn't mentioning the fact that all the unions are X. Ex- Static. The AFL-CIO, CIO, the Communication Workers of America, United Steelworkers, the SEIU, Service Employees International Union, they are thrilled because there is a lot of things buried in this bill that require union wages for these new jobs. So the unions are going to be rolling in this dough. All of these billions of dollars are coming right to their pockets, which, of course, then circulate into the Democrat Party. This is just a typical Democrats' tax and spend bill, and it's basically self-dealing.
1: Okay, as we can expect. Now, let us turn to number 11, Diego let us play number, I'm not even going to tell you who this is, you'll recognize her. Number 11, hit it. From day
3: one, when uh, when the Supreme Court made this extreme decision, away a, a constitutional right, uh, it was an unconstitutional, unconstitutional action by them, a right that was around for almost 50 years, a right that women had to make a decision on their bodies and how they want to start their families.
1: <laughs> that <Or> was the <laughs> That was-
2: she's so cute, James, but that's unfortunately what she has going for her. She's calling the Supreme Court decision unconstitutional. <laughs> <laughs>
1: i I am a spokeswoman for the white house of the united states (laughs) and this is what women do to the parties, and it's unconstitutional for the supreme court to rule on something the wrong way don't like it and that's they made me the white house spokesperson so i can sit here and say all these things and they don't have to make sense you have to report them anyway
2: you notice how she is getting less and less uh, FaceTime. They they substitute in alternative spokespeople because she every time she's sent out there, she says things like that. They have to walk back. It's I feel for her. I really do.
1: I don't. Okay, <clears throat> let us go to someone who is one of our old favorites. That would be Jennifer Granholm. Cut eight. And so pres- Jennifer Graham Granholm had this to say about energy. So the
10: president tried to increase supply all at the same time as accelerating our movement to clean energy, which is why, I mean, this, this whole circumstance is really a foot stomp on why we can't rely on the volatility of fossil fuels. I want-
1: we can't rely on the volatility of fossil fuels. This woman is supposedly running the energy. This, how... I don't understand. I...
2: <laughs> well, you know, it is the type the... of people that Joe Biden picked for his cabinet and as you mentioned I think last week there's not a lick of actual business experience among them. They're all government and think tank people and so they say things like that which have no real world uh com- correspondence whatsoever, it is something in the water in Michigan, because after her was Gretchen uh, Widmer, who's currently the governor of Michigan. And they just keep sending up these, I'm not going to say the word witchy with a capital B, but they send (laughs) these, these arrogant, obnoxious women who are power mad. And so she is one of them.
1: Okay, let's go down to Tejas. Cut number 21. Let us go to Tejas and check in with the wonderful Beto O'Rourke.
5: We treated that teacher with the respect that she has earned,
11: that she is owed, that we all want to give her. We don't need to tell her. What version of history she is allowed to teach in the classroom?
5: We don't need to scare the parents of those kids before her about something called CRT that I've never heard of before last year.
1: So, Beto Rock, we don't need parents telling teachers what to do. We don't need people telling not to teach CRT. Really?
2: This is they keep swerving into this. This is what the Democrat Party truly believes. And you remember, uh, McAuliffe, Terry McAuliffe, said something very similar running right. for governor of Virginia. And that was one of the big reasons he lost as a Democrat because he said out loud that basically parents have no right to say, to even weigh in on what their children are taught in schools. And uh, once again, That's Beto's comment. It's basically how dare parents actually feel concerned or or don't agree with what's being taught and want to weigh in and go to a meeting and voice their opinions. I mean, they're called terrorists by this administration.
1: All right. Let us turn to matters of school. Let us, uh, since since we're not allowed to tell teachers and parents are not allowed to tell teachers what's to think, let's check in with some of the teachers, shall we? Number 15, let us hear a typical teacher these days in America.
3: Yeah, see, it's not that cut and dry anymore because parents like you say, don't bring your feelings into it. F*** off. We're not bringing our feelings into it. You are. You are. You don't like a f***ing book that the reading teacher picked. Oh, you can't teach that book to any kids now. Pull that off the shelves. That's you. That's your feelings. Or when I would teach in science, the Big Bang Theory, and I get pushed back because I didn't teach creationism. That wasn't my feelings. That was their feelings. I can't teach Big Bang Theory without teaching creationism. Uh, go to church. Go to church. That wasn't my job. All right? That's not my feelings. I'm teaching scientific fact, and yet I'm getting parents pushing back on climate change, evolution, the Big Bang Theory. That's your feelings, not mine. Your feelings. Because you're worried I'm indoctrinating them. No, I'm educating them. (laughs) (laughs) She seems nice. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm telling you, it is that witch with a capital B mentality that the left seems to produce. These women who are angry, who are nasty, who are in a fight mode with people who have traditional values or who ha- who even want to weigh in on a different point of view. They are so much in a bubble through the education world and in their degree remaking factories, that they only hear their point of view, and they come out of these educational institutions angry and ready to fight. And we're seeing that in schools across America, and thank heavens for lives of TikTok who finds these and puts them up so the rest of America can see and hear and be appalled by the attitudes of these people.
1: Let's go to a psych teacher. This woman is teaching psychology, number six. This is another TikToker. Let's hear what she has to say.
16: we be able to answer this question on one of my tests for social psychology. Simple essay question. After going through privilege, what privilege is, giving examples of privilege, explaining how there are different types of privilege, like white privilege, male privilege, Christian privilege, able-bodied privilege, thin privilege, cisgender privilege, straight privilege. Uh... I, and others. All right. So, simple question I ask my students: essay question. Tell me one way that you have privilege. Tell me one type of privilege you have. Well, my makeup is all over the place today. All right, it still is. Anyway, I, I always am a mess. Tell me what kind of privilege you have. Explain how it's an example of privilege, and say how your life would be different if you didn't have that particular type of privilege. Would you be able to answer that question? Can you come up with the type of privilege you have? Are you able to say out loud and admit to yourself and to the world that you have that privilege? Because one thing I find is my students don't. <laughs> Even when I have clearly explained what privilege is and how it doesn't mean your life has been easy, it doesn't mean you're a bad person if you have privilege, and still they just go, oh, no, I don't know. No, I don't have any privilege. Uh, the, the test question, a lot of students will leave it blank. It could be for a variety of reasons, not necessarily because they you know, don't don't understand or don't take the class seriously or anything. But I get, you know, I just get, I get weak ass answers. You know, like, oh well, I've got strong privilege, I've got smart privilege. You know, I'm like, you you could have said you had white privilege, you could you know, you could have said you had male privilege. Uh, at the very least, you know, because I'll have some students. They're like, look, uh, I am a black transgender individual. I don't have a whole lot of privilege. I'm like, okay, now here's the think about your life, think about. Certain advantages that you have that you probably didn't notice that you have, and an example I often go with, I say, you know, even if you've got disabilities, you don't have all the disabilities. There's some disability that you would be lacking, that you'd have privilege from not having that disability. You know, like so, like for example, if you are sighted, you can see, you don't need accommodations for that. You've never had.
1: Diana, what kind of privilege do you have?
2: Well, right now I have the privilege of speaking to Sir James on the radio. I think that is the most wonderful privilege anyone could have. But listen to her harangue. Would not that end up Being so depressing To be in that atmosphere There's no education going on Here there's no challenging uh, Intellectually Where you could debate her There would be no alternative Point of view that she would allow in her Classroom you could just feel that And so you just feel this grim Oppressive communist Type atmosphere where There's only one way of thinking And you know it's like putting a Net over your brain
1: uh, well that's all the time we have thank you this has been an enlightening and a lot of fun i love doing this
2: <laughs> it's so hard though i like it when you
1: give me a hint beforehand <laughs> well we'll do, we'll get back to this i love this because you always come up with amazing things spontaneously so that's why i like doing it Princess, well, Di, it's oh,
2: you who do. So, thank you so much, Sir James. It's by always the
1: way, fun. By, by the way, by the way, tell your bodyguard Mike, please, that he's supposed to stand six feet apart, according to the CDC. <laughs> he'll he'll know what I mean.
2: <laughs> I am not saying anything. <laughs>
1: <laughs> thank yep. you, Princess Di. We'll catch up with you next week. Thank you, Your Highness.
0: James.
1: All right. (laughs) WABC coming right back. Talk Radio 77
0: WABC. And informative. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snirgli, is on the air. 77 WABC.
1: All the four tops bring us back on WABC Talk Radio 77. Remember, Cudlow up next, Let's go back to the telephones. Andrew in Stanhope, New Jersey. Welcome. you on Boston Airborne Saturday morning radio extravaganza. How are you?
4: I'm okay, but the mayor, he caused me problems with the vaccine mandates. And I was, uh, and even before News 12, there was an issue. The COVID hit. It looked like I was going to work for them. And then I didn't hear from the lady. And I had experience at Bloomberg Television, and I shot, for Fox. So it, it definitely looked good. So then I, that right up, they stopped hiring. So now in the Bronx, it seemed like they wanted to hire me, but it was, double, you know, I needed the vaccine, which I didn't want to get. So I got one of the shots, but I needed the second. And I felt like I had side effects like numbness and stiff, which went away and I'm getting tests, but now I can't work unless I'm double vaxxed. And they had an option that said, well, you could just, get tested every week. So I was like, oh, good, I'll go for that. And now they eliminated that. They're like, oh, you don't have to get tested. <laughs> like as if they're making it easier. But you still need to get vaccinated. But, you don't. they don't give you the option of being tested <laughs> weekly. So they, you know, they bully you and force you. But too bad I wasn't a baseball player. You know, if you work in Yankee Stadium as the camera guy, you have to get a vaccination. But if you're the baseball player, you don't need the vaccination but um
1: yeah thank yeah, you he, mayor he, adams he, for that by the way thank you mayor adams for that for making sure that the high price athletes don't have to live by the rules that you make the peasants live under mayor adams good show right.
4: i just want to say too lastly with the uh, earlier you talked about the democrats in the inner cities and they don't care and in a way, it's like a form of, of racism, even from the black Democrats, because they know those policies are harmful. And President Obama, even when he spoke out about the out-of-wedlock birth rate in the black community and how detrimental it is, at the same time, he's promoting those policies <laughs> that cause government dependency, like cradle to grave. He had this video where everything's paid poor for for – So he's trying to have Yeah, That was the video
1: with the pajama boy on it. That's when they were trying to push Obamacare down everybody's throat. You're exactly right. Andrew, look, we appreciate you. I hope that you find work. I really do, because this vaccine mandate is totally unfair. If you don't have comorbidities, if you don't have uh, if you're in, for instance, they're trying to push it now on toddlers and kindergarten kids. And kids, look, kids that have a 0.0001% chance of fatalities, they're demanding they get vaccinated. My question has been why? Why? And I think the answer is plain. Well, two answers, and one has to do with money. And I want to know, and where is the money going? And how much of it has been spent? We've got a whole bunch of new billionaires in the pharmaceutical industry. Thank you, COVID. And I'd like to see which politicians benefited from this too and which members of the NIH. if they, Because some of these people, believe it or not, have no, no obligation under the law to report royalties. In other words, they could help bring a drug to the market, they can push a drug, and they never have to disclose if they profit from it. Isn't that interesting? Let's go to Tony in White Plains. Tony, welcome you on WABC Talk Radio 77. Good morning, Bo.
4: Two quick questions for you. Number one, uh, if we get a new administration, preferably uh, uh, Donald Trump, are we going to be able to get rid of all these illegal aliens and criminals from our country before it destroys our country? And secondly, If these Democrats keep filling these cities with illegal aliens and the residents, taxpaying residents, move out, where are they going to get the money to pay for all these entitlements to these people?
1: They're going to print more money like they're doing now. We don't have the money to pay for half the stuff we're paying now. And we definitely don't have the money to pay for these things that Joe Biden and these Democrats are about to pass. We are so much in debt in this country. How are they getting the money to pay for it? They're printing the money. That's how they get the money, and are we going to be able to go back and retroactively, let us say, uh, repatriate the illegal immigrants that are here now? That chance. They go, quote-unquote, into the shadows, never heard from again. My friends, uh, a public service announcement from our Saturday morning radio extravaganza here on WABC. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention have recommended that anyone with monkeypox abstain from sex. However... The CDC has also provided a range of ways to reduce the risk of transmitting the virus during sex as the country faces a rise in monkeypox infections. The CDC says if you or a partner has monkeypox, the best way to protect yourself and others is To avoid sex of any kind, that would be oral, anal, and vaginal. Do not kiss or touch each other's bodies while you are sick, especially any rash. Do not share things like towels, fetish gear, sex toys, and toothbrushes. The CDC has more advice on when, where, and how someone with monkeypox can have safer sex. The CDC recommends that you masturbate together at a distance of at least six feet without touching each other and without touching any rash. Even if you do masturbate together at a distance of six feet without touching each other and without touching any rash, the CDC says you should remember to wash your hands, fetish gear, sex toys, and any fabric that includes bedding, towels, clothing, after having sex at six feet. Consider having sex with your clothes on says the CDC, or covering areas where rash is present, reducing as much skin-to-skin contact as possible. If the rash is confined to the genitals or anus, condoms may help. However, condoms alone are likely not to provide to prevent monkeypox from spreading. This week, the Biden administration named top officials from FEMA and CDC to serve as White House coordinators to combat monkeypox, and apparently, this is what the CDC has come up with. So once again, the instructions from the CDC, masturbate together at least six feet apart. Avoid touching each other, and definitely don't touch any rashes. Wash your hands, wash your fetish gear, wash your sex toys, and fabric. Have sex with your clothes on. There's a name for that. Dare I, like, well, some people, it's called dry something. So that's what the CDC is recommending. In an adjacent story, Georgia gubernatorial hopeful Stacey Abrams has proclaimed pregnancy to be lethal to black women. She said this on MSNBC. So black women apparently should avoid having sex
0: talk radio 77 wabc oh knows politics and so much more a true connection to real new york on 77 wabc
1: wabc talk radio 77 indeed Let's head back to the telephones. Russell and Far Rockaway, you're on WABC Talk Radio 77. How are you, Russell?
11: I'm um, okay, Bo. Uh, I was w- wondering about the story of the
1: uh, polio outbreak in mm-hmm. Rockland County. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Russell, you still there? Oh, Russell dropped off. I hope it's not the book. Yeah, Russell, hopefully you'll get back through. And it was the only information I have is that it's spreading. And it's not just uh, Rockland County. It's also Orange County. So far, they believe only one person has been afflicted so far with the paralytic polio. But what the story said is for every one person that gets afflicted with the paralytic, there are 100 others. And it is in wastewater. So they're concerned that polio is making a comeback and it's right here in New York in Rockland and in Orange County. Jimmy, Brooklyn, how are you? Hi. Hello? Yes, Jimmy, you're on. Go right ahead, please. Hi. Time is okay. running out.
15: Quickly.
11: Chemtrails, chemtrails. First of all, first thing, Prince. How come I don't hear any Prince?
1: We and do Prince play Prince. Prince.
11: In chemtrails.
1: Well, Prince may Prince believe in a lot of things.
11: Trails. He okay. was very intelligent. Second thing, chemtrails, when you look at a perfectly blue sky, then you see these lines. Mm-hmm. They don't disappear.
9: Mm-hmm. They
11: spread out and make the whole sky overcast. That is mm-hmm. not missed from a player. Okay. Mm-hmm. Second thing,
9: simple
11: mm-hmm. thing you can do. I heard stories about cereal containing metal particles that we consume. So mm-hmm. now that's something I could have tested. I broke up cereal, a teaspoon of it, to a powder, I got a very strong magnet, and you would not believe the amount of metal chips that went onto the magnet. So well, now counts. that could be a conspiracy, but I proved that to myself.
1: Okay, so what? Uh, uh, just, things- just if you don't, I don't know. I shouldn't ask what kind of cereal it was, because. <clears throat> but anyway, I hope you're not eating that brand of cereal anymore.
11: No, and that's something simply you can do, and you'll see that that's true. Okay. Second thing. If you, you take one conspiracy you say, all right, that's baloney. But if you look at everything that's going around, education, teaching our kindergartens about sex, mm-hmm. so many different angles, then you say, wait a second, depopulation control, right? There's, you have to really dig deep. The first layer, you might say, all right, that's disproved. But who did the study? Who paid for the study? Mm-hmm. You go deeper and you start to see things that are very interesting. Mm-hmm. And one other thing, Bill Gates six months ago admitted that he puts chemicals in the air, in the fuel, jet fuel, to control climate change. I
1: oh, yeah. There, talking about that. Okay. Hey, Jimmy, thanks a lot. We appreciate the call, bro. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. Rick in Westchester County, New York. Hey. Hello, oh, Rick. How are you doing? I'm okay. How are you doing?
14: All right. Listen, uh, I just wanted to say that without... You, uh, the talent that you have, and whoever else was behind the scenes with Rush wouldn't be Rush, let me tell you right now. I, I, I know you need good people that behind you to, to be successful, and you Thank guys you. Are, are, are something else, you know? We uh, had the I most amazing crew.
1: That. I'm going to say this, not me, the most amazing crew. From our engineering crew to the Limbaugh Letter, which was just an, an amazing publication. To all the people that worked at Russia's website, to the people that actually did the office and managed the business of EIB, there was never a broadcast family like this. These individuals were at the top of their game and they stayed at the top of their game for three decades. It was amazing working with these people. Rick, now you wanted to talk about something else. What was it?
14: No, I just wish the voters would be where about the registration uh, uh, update, these registrations here in the state of New York, just because of the upcoming gubernatorial gov- uh, election and how many people that don't exist uh, are going to get to vote, and it's not right for the people that do exist, you know. And yep. I just
10: want want to say that they, they got to uh, uh,
14: the Republican
1: uh, commit um, the uh, RNC, the state Republican Party. Together. Yep. Hey, Rick, thank you so much for the call. We appreciate you, buddy. Dom in Minnesota. Hello, Dom. How are you today?
6: Yeah. Hi, Bo. Uh, you know, just had to call and respond to that nasty call from Mr. Paul. I am wondering if he's getting free bees, booze in the mail from the other Mr. Paul because Nancy asked Paul to sign up for AA after <laughs> his very own critic. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm talking about?
1: Yes, you know? I do. Paul yeah, Pelosi, so I, it would be. Thank you. Mm-hmm.
6: I, watched, I watched a bit of the debate between Kellen Maloney and Jerry Nadler. App- apparently, they're not happy that they have to fight each other because of the redistricting. I called it the Tom and Jerry show, except Tom is too slow on the take and Jerry is too big for his britches. Neither mm-hmm. wants the Joe to run for re-election. Nadler said he's proud of impeaching uh, two impeachments of Bush. I guess he was meant to say Trump. You know? right. And I think these are the guys, you know, who have no clue, except they got the highest power of, of the of the land in the legislative branch, and they are really running the country down. That's what I'm afraid of. I, I hope more people are aware of what who they're voting for. You know, it's a big concern to me.
1: Well, Dom, people in New York are going to elect either one of them, and the good news is that one of them will go. The bad news is that one of them will stay. And that's just sad. But sometimes you can't get everything. Dom, appreciate your kind words. Thank you so much, Stephen Brooklyn. You're on Boston Nerdly's Saturday Morning Radio Extravaganza. Uh,
0: the word "discriminating" is actually a conflation between two separate words: between uh, to distinguish between, and also to discern. To distinguish between means to use the human brain and senses to uh, notice likeness and difference. To discern means to show the intelligent judgment that the human being is capable of. So discriminating is a terrible word to use in a way because it conflates two different things that are both virtues and that apply to human intelligence.
1: Well, Steve, I believe if discrimination is properly employed, it is itself a virtue. And that's one of the things. Now, again, properly employed. We do have the God-given faculty of discrimination. And without it, humans would not exist. We can discriminate between a good and a bad choice. So, again, I don't think that there's nothing inherently wrong with the word discrimination, but I loved your explanation, and I love your description of, of how these two... The two words were conflated. Thank you so much, and I appreciate the call. Pete in New Jersey, how are you this morning? You're on Bo uh Saturday morning radio extravaganza.
15: Hey, Bo.
1: Yep. How you doing? I'm good. Hey, What's Beau, up?
14: Well, your opinion on this uh, package that they, they're trying to pass with the IRS, um, you know, the intense IRS, uh, I guess, uh, you
1: know, they What's should the call Trump? that part of they should call that part of the bill the lowest learner on steroids act the yeah, democrats I... have weaponized every agency of government that they get their 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 ratty little paws on and well, anybody I mean... that thinks that they're not going to re-weaponize the IRS to go after republicans to go after conservatives i mean come on it, uh, the writing is, should be on the wall look at what they're trying to do with the doj to go after conservative parents who dare challenge what's going on at these liberal school boards. Look at what they did at the FBI. They're saying that the Betsy Ross flag is now some kind of symbol of militant stuff. These people weaponize every single agency of government that they can get their grubby little paws on. And what's going to happen at the IRS is going to be another round of disgrace.
14: But Bo, let me ask you, if, not that these people work hard, but I know a lot of businesses that pay thousands and thousands of dollars of cash to these hardworking, whether they're illegal or they are legal, cash envelopes. I mean, are they going to come into these restaurants and count these guys' envelopes or the, the cash that goes out every week? I pay my taxes. I, I know everybody I know pays their taxes. How intense are they going to get with these cash
9: restaurants
1: i'm saying more or less well i I think it will depend on who the restaurants support don't you i mean the clearest indication of what makes you an enemy of the state is if you are conservative if you are known to support conservatives then the democrats will try to put a target on your back and i think you raise an excellent point pete people should beware staten island eddie you have the last word but you got to make it quick we're running out of time
15: Okay. Hi, Bo. Listen, the
11: big conspiracy theory, why a lot of the blue states are shedding a the population they don't care, is to, with government funding, put the money towards the illegal immigrants and house them in those states.
1: Ah, okay, Eddie. Well, thank you. Appreciate that. We, have, we do have time for one more. Carolyn, it's you, but you got to make it quick in New Hyde Park. Carolyn, how are you?
2: Oh, thank you so much. Sorry. I just want to let you know that everybody wants to know why Joe Manchin signed the bill. A billion dollars goes to his wife's commission. If you're a married man, you don't want to go home to a wife that says to him, you would rejected that bill. A billion dollars was going to come. Somebody told Dick Morris on Saturday in his show. They called in and told him that. And it's all over the Internet. A billion dollars goes to his wife's commission. But wow. Dick Morris, nobody else is talking about it. So just research it, Bo. It's okay. driving me nuts all week. I tried every show I can't get through. But okay. that's why he caved in and signed the bill.
1: Well, thanks for that tip. We will research it and uh, see what's there. Now, I do know that Joe Manchin's wife is involved, and I, it slips for a moment exactly the commission that she's on. But uh, Carolyn points out something that is very important always to follow the money. Where did we learn that from? Follow the money. Well, folks, that's it. Three hours here, three hours gone. We'll be back on Monday. Remember, George Benson joins us on Monday. WABC Talk Radio 77. So glad that you were here with us today. We'll be back next Saturday as well. And may God bless and protect each and every one of you and your families. We'll see you on Monday. Prince takes us out. Call. Oh.